welcome to the Boredom Bitchy Podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After. I'm Evie, and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London with her own 90 Day Fiance. Hi, everyone. I'm Kat, a California girl currently living in Arizona. And my warning for y'all is that we drop profanity from time to time. It's sprinkled in, but guaranteed. And something else that's guaranteed is the occasional, like, I'm sick because someone in my family, my household is sick. So you are maybe going to hear me trying to catch my breath. But same thing with Evie because she's super pregnant. Enjoy. (laughs) I feel like most if our listeners have children, then like you, someone else with a child being sick like every other week is probably normal, right? They're like, oh, yeah, I'm sick right now. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I have no time. I'm like, who is shit up? Am I sick of? I can be like, you know who I'm sick of? And then we could talk about that. God, who am I not sick of right now? Let's let's get the people that we're sick of out of the way right now. Uh, for me, that would be Ed and Liz. Like, I am just having a hard time feeling compelled to their storyline. And also am baffled by the idea that anyone would go to tour a house to potentially buy without knowing the price. Yeah, that's just complete bullshit. Imagine you just go... <laughs> To like show up to a random dream home and you're like, oh my God, open concept. It opens right up to the ocean. These like, you know, wall to wall. Monkey butlers. (laughs) What? 2.5 million? How? Why didn't someone tell me? That's just a smidge above my budget. Like, okay, can we talk about how Ed is supposedly really into interior design? So we've seen your home, okay? You. you (laughs) You're not fooling anyone into now as believing that you're really into design. Because I'm like, where? Where has this been showcased? Maybe he just doesn't have budget because all of his budget has gone into making Big Ed stickers. <laughs> That's his design aesthetic. Like, you literally see, like, Ed bobbleheads, Ed stickers, like, all of that shit strewn this all over true. his house. But I'm like, I don't care if you have a small house, a big house, a new house, an old house. If you are very dedicated to like, like, I'm very serious about my design and aesthetic, you can make even a small space cheaply, like reflect your personality. And like, True. so I just love that all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm very into like marbles, you know, industrial. <laughs> I love these clean, sleek, modern looks. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've seen your little hobble. Oh, <laughs> um, something else that was unbelievable either was that after he was like, whoa, that's like way outside my budget, that this real estate agent would be like, all right, well, why don't you take a few more minutes to waste my time and look around this home that you can't buy? (laughs) And I'll just hang out outside. Exactly. It'd be like, actually, you can leave now then because I would like to spend my money trying to cultivate real interest. And also now you owe me $4 for the two bottles of water that you drank while you were here. Thank you. Get out. Right. Oh, would you look at the time? <laughs> um, also, like, I I really don't know real estate city, but, like, their plan is to move out of San Diego to someplace that's more economical because Liz really needs to get herself financially and emotionally stable in order to become full guard her daughter. I get that. However, I don't know that Palm Springs is significantly cheaper than San Diego. Like, I get the sense that it is monopolized by rental homes. Well, interestingly enough, I personally don't feel like Liz's main reason that she stated for wanting to move cities 
was to get better financial, like, just to get him in a better financial stage. Like, I don't even feel like she mentioned that. I feel like she said that she has nothing for her in San Diego and she wants like a fresh start and she has like mm-hmm. bad like kind of memories there and I'm like okay I could kind of understand that but it just seems silly for someone especially Ed like if Ed actually makes money there has an established business why you should just have to pick up and leave because like a whole city now like has like a bad vibe I mean if you have the money to do that great but she just seemed like she just wanted like a change of pace. I don't know. It seemed very strange to me to want to move a whole city just for that. Yeah. I mean, it might be cheaper for them to both hop on Ed's little moped while uh, a bush of lit sage is in uh, one of their hands. And they just like go around the perimeter of the county line or the city line. That'd be cheaper. Yeah. Or at least just the perimeter of like their little house. Like, I mean, yeah, they just yeah. move out of that house. They're renting the leases of like find a different True. space that maybe is a better fit for Liz and Ed's strict design requirements. But I don't think <laughs> you need to leave the all of like San Diego County for that. <laughs> well, you know, I hope that they go to Palm Springs, they find what they are both looking for. Now, another couple that's like baffled me in their solution driven mentality or maybe just one person uh yara and jovi time and time again we have seen the concept of having a baby will fix our marriage fail just slap that old baby band-aid on it what was that commercial where that man used to like slap that what was like extra thick like <laughs> almost like duct tape or something and he'd like slap it on like things that were leaking and it would just be like that fixes everything <laughs> It's like, no, it I doesn't. don't remember that, but I'm, I, I don't remember that, but I was like, there was a commercial with baby slapping. I am so glad you cleared that up. No, no, there was like definitely like some kind of one of those like infomercial products where it was like, like some extra oh. insanely thick material that can like, if you have a leak in your pipes, if you have a hole in your wall, like anything, you just like slap it on there and it just like cures it. And to me, I'm like, it's like the mm. fix all for like marriages or relationships. Like, let's have a baby. I'm going to look for that um, that product because I do remember the commercial and I'm curious as to how well they did. I think they did well. I mean, that commercial was on for a very long time. I'll have to look up the product, but I can't vouch for if it actually fixes leaks. But I know that is what they claimed. I mean, similar to marriages, I don't think that there is a band-aid approach. So let's say that that product did do well. It was definitely not a long-term strategy. And having a baby should not be the long-term strategy. These two really need to work on their, like, foundational pieces. You know, communication is key. I, like, empath or not empathize. I sympathize with Yara. Like, it makes total sense for her to go. But to the point that you made last week... If she's not communicating clearly to him and has like kept him out of the loop and made it seem like she's the one driving this decision on her own. Of course, Jovi, who has yet to really show us the maturity that he should have at his age, is going to be resistant. Yeah, it's just so annoying because I'm like they keep on bringing up these conversations when either Jovi's like old drinking pal is around <laughs> or Yara's like friend or mom where it's like this really should be a one to one couple conversation where she just says, like, you know, I'm sorry that I sprung a few things on you. I am not trying to move back permanently to Europe. So you don't need to be afraid of that. There's no war happening here. 
in Germany or wherever, you know, the first place that they were at, I literally just want to the family support and time with my friends while you're at work. And then as soon as you're done with like, I'll fly back. Like, that's not unreasonable. But like, why can't anybody say anything? I just feel like Yara has like the whiniest voice. And she's just like, Jovi, why don't you trust me? And it's just like, Yara, just because you don't actually say anything, you know, like you're just like making plans and not really including him. I mean, but Jovi is busy drinking at 9 a.m. So (laughs) I think they both. They both need to bring this out. And poor, adorable Myla. I think she's totally fine being an only child right now. Maybe in the future she'll want a a sibling. But, like, I think more than anything she's going to want her parents to get their shit together. Absolutely. I also just think it's hilarious that I'm like, Jovi, you want to have Yara now complain about having another baby? Like, if she gets pregnant again, she's definitely staying in Europe because she's going to need her mom's support. You know Miss Gwen is not driving yeah. three hours over there no. to help out. So, no, she would she's, definitely need to stay. No, she's no one's nanny. She's let us know that. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. Live your life, Miss Gwen. I was just remembering the other day that remember when Yara and Jovi first moved into, like, the new apartment that they're currently in? Um, Yara invited them over for, like, dinner or something. And then so they drove, like, the three hours there. And then after, like, an hour, she's like, all right, what's well, Milo's bedtime? So everybody get the fuck out. And Miss Gwen's like, what? Like, I just drove here. So I'm like, yeah, I can see why Miss Gwen's not rushing to be over there all the time. I totally forgot about that. That was some bullshit. But moving this over to another potentially expanding family, um, Usman, Kim, Jamal, and this what Jamal referred to as a consensual stepchild, though I don't think the child consented to this adoption and... Uh, apparently neither did his parents because they don't know about this plan. But do they know about the new PlayStation or the PS5, whatever it was, that could be included in this sweet deal? Girl, they're they're gonna bring over like their tribal laws and like it says right here, I can take Mahadi if I need to. I just love that Soldier Boy's like great plan is let me spring this on my brother next to Kimberly, like. That'll totally go over really well instead of like prepping him, having a conversation, you know, talking about the whole thing. Like, yeah, this is the way to go. And for once, well, not for once, but yeah, I'm totally team Kimberly on this. Like, this is asinine. If I was her, I would not agree to be in that meeting next week that we're going to see with the brother and Soja Boy. Like, Soja Boy, if you want to bring up this crazy idea, you bring it up to your brother yourself. Because imagine sitting there so they could be like, Oh, great. So Kat just arrived here in Africa and now she was talking about taking my kid with her and like adopting him. Like, is she nuts? It's going to look like it's Kimberly being the crazy person. Oh, 100 percent. It was going to be like, but wait, I got you guys a gift, too, because that really seemed to win over Jamal. I felt like I was (laughs) watching Christmas morning with the blended family. (laughs) And I mean, like no hate on gamers, you know, like I know people of all ages can enjoy gaming. But I was like, sir, how old are you? Like, he just really lit up, you know, like he was. He really did. Oh, my God. Like this. Are you for real? Like the whole council council, like he really got won over by that. And part of me was like, is this the same gift that Kimberly got? Did he re-gift this? Is this this, even saving this? And he was like, "Mm, I'm just going to give it back to Jamal. 
I had that same question. Like, he didn't even uh, use brand new wrapping paper. He just taped up the old one that he ripped to shreds. Either that or do you think he, like, asked Kimberly for, like, some money to buy. Oh, shit. Right, like maybe she brought it over and like it was in her suitcase. Jamal wasn't any wise to what was happening. Um, but hey, you know what? Jamal got a gift and I feel like he deserves something because he's been subjected to a lot, including when he arrived and had to pretend to admire airport decor while his mom and Usman lingered for several minutes. <laughs> that was quite awkward. You know, like he had we had a lot of those like gym at the office moments like looking at the camera like uh, I don't know what to do with my hands should I go get a coffee like these two are like making out it was very awkward for him but I will say for the most part I think Soja Boy's been doing a very good job at trying to connect with Jamal like I think if anything he showed genuine affection and attraction to Kimberly which is something you would want to see if you're concerned that this man is just using your mom for a visa or cloud. So it did seem like he was like excited to see Kimberly. He obviously greeted Jamal with a gift and had like these activities planned to like introduce him to friends and show him the country, which also shows genuine care. And then finally he like spoke to him like an adult. Like, I don't expect you to treat me like a dad or anything. I just want a man to man mutual respect communication with each other, which again, I thought his approach was really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all of that. Like everything was just going so smoothly. I mean, we know that behind the scenes, Jamal is there to pinpoint, you know, all the shit that that Usman does to. I I don't know if his point is to like prove to his mom or make a case that like this is not the right guy for her, for her, or for him to see it for himself that maybe this guy is good for her. I think it's a bit of both. I think Jamal seems like a reasonable enough person that if he met Soldier Boy and Usman seemed like a really stand-up guy and it seemed genuine, he would back off and be like, listen, if she's happy and he seems legit, I'm not crazy about it, but who am I to get in the middle? But I think he's also like looking out for the red flags and to be like, listen, I witnessed this, this, and this. This is not a great choice. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in general, Jamal seems like very loving and supporting of his mom. And I just think he would obviously like it to be legit for her sake. For sure. Absolutely. I just let out a little bit of a laugh and it was not because of what you said. Like, I agree with all that. It was more so because I know that you already think Jamal is fine. And here you are thinking you've got all these things going for him. So Jamal is just a catch for you. Well, can I just throw in some very quick 90 day news that you might not be oh. on, but some of our listeners are probably um, on in the alternate world that is 90 day, the single life, Tim's ex Veronica has been single and dating and trying to meet people and we are about to get the third part of the tell-all um this next week and in it it's going to be revealed who veronica's new love interest in who we didn't get to meet on the show apparently she's met this new man she's very excited about but the internet is all abuzz because all you see in the preview is like a man's hands and the bracelets and the rings and the skin tone of this man match Jamal like to a T. And then for the last week to two weeks, they have both on Instagram been posting at very similar locations, not together, but let's say like Jamal's in front of a flower wall and then Veronica posts in front of the same exact flower wall. So 
everyone thinks that Veronica, Tim's ex, is now dating Jamal. So we shall find out soon. Looks like Jamal likes a good age gap, too. Granted, I don't know Veronica's <laughs> age and I don't know Jamal's age, but I get the sense that there's mm, more than a handful of years between them. There's definitely definitely an age gap. It's not like a Kimberly Usman age no. gap, but there is definitely a big age gap. But, yeah, I guess if he is with Veronica, he can't really hold the age against uh, his mom anymore. Mom. Though it seems like he's more concerned about, like, the using and like the mom make about yeah. Kimberly making all these like you know a, adjustments that he knows she's mm-hmm. not fine but like he straight up called her out like you're jealous as hell how are you gonna be dealing with the second wife like are you crazy <laughs> I do like that he and his mom have a very like open um you know comfortable relationship to be able to say that kind of shit to one another absolutely well um, another relationship that isn't boiling over so well still um, is between Jenny and her in-laws. This time, her two daughters have come to meet the parents. And I don't know about well, you, but... Not her two daughters. It's her daughter and her daughter's wife or girlfriend. Yes. 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 But she does refer to them as her two daughters, which is okay. super sweet. Um, but you're right. It is her daughter and daughter's wife. I was actually surprised to have seen this happen because I don't remember Submit agreeing to this. Uh, during the last episode. So this must have been left on, what is it, the editing room floor? The cutting room floor. <laughs> Thank you, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he seemed, the last time we saw when the idea got floated, he seemed very wary about it, and he didn't say yes. He was just like, oh, I don't know if that's a great idea. And it was left at that. And clearly he came around and organized this meeting. So it's with his brother, his brother's wife, or his sister-in-law. And the dad and obviously the mom decided not to make it. And when he asked why, the dad's like, you know, she's not feeling well with with everything you've put her through. (laughs) And then the calls and the harassment from the community because of your choices. Of course, she's not. She can't make it. So I I don't know why Sumit got talked into this meeting. Like, I'm sure it was a combination (laughs) of the daughters and some very persuasive producers um, so thank you, Sumit, because it makes good TV. But for him, this is a yeah. really terrible choice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was surprised in addition to this meeting happening. I was surprised to see his dad actually hug him in the beginning. Um, so there's a part of me that thinks maybe a lot of this hatred towards the marriage. Mm, it comes from the dad. Yes. But I think a majority of it probably comes from the mom. The mom's like, you're dead to me. I won't even spit on you if you're on fire. But I think the dad is still like, you're my son. I still love you. Yeah, I think the dad's like, we're waiting on Jenny to like either pass away or decide she wants to go back to Bob Springs. Like, we're still I don't want you to be with Jenny. And it's embarrassing. But I don't think he would be like, I don't want you in my life. Like you're dead to me. As like, that's the extreme the mom has gone to because she thinks that will be persuasive enough for Sumit to finally break off with Jenny but it's like man it's been 10 years clearly the threats haven't worked he's still with Jenny yeah I mean I think they're gonna be in it until until they're not (laughs) I mean until one of them passes away but I had this moment of like if they are so worried about society harassing them and and you know this marriage is really shameful for the family why would the family agree to be on the international television show that's filming it and i thought well probably because they really want the world to know that they strongly disapprove so every time that the cameras roll they really need to go full force your marriage is the end of our whole family 
Yeah, I was about to say when you said, why would they agree to be on TV? And I'm like, because they're probably thinking, well, Jenny and Sunet are parading this relationship around to the world and all our community on this TV show. So we got to show our side to be like, we are not for this. Trust me, like we're disowning the man over and over and over and he won't listen. He keeps coming back. Yeah, we've blindfolded him and drove him out to a random field he doesn't know, but he finds his way back home every time. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. You know, the, the Jenny's daughter is like basically pleading with them. We want you to to understand where they're coming from. You know, open your hearts. And she says, open your hearts like three or four times. And the camera just cuts to Samit's family sitting there stoically staring at her. And she's like, open your hearts. And they couldn't be bothered to blink. I wish someone would have, after like her three, like open your heart, someone would have just been like, no. (laughs) (laughs) This heart is closed (laughs) to Jenny. I mean, I think his brother's eyes have said no. (laughs) His brother, his brother's not about this. (laughs) Well, I did appreciate Jenny's daughter's, again, like approach, just like I thought that Usman came in with the right approach for Jamal. I was afraid that Jenny's daughter was going to come in kind of you know, guns blazing, like, why haven't you accepted my mom? But instead, she said some really lovely things about Sumit. You know, she said, we care about him. We love him. He's part of the family. And our mom is awesome, too. If you got to know her, you know, you would see that she has really great college. She cares about your son. And clearly, they've been together for so long. So how can, you know, we weren't thrilled about this relationship at the beginning either. But now we just see, like, the love is there. Can we come together and support them? And then, like you said, it was like dead eyes. And then, <laughs> no, <laughs> they went back, back to like, OK, maybe in America, y'all like to do this acceptance thing. But here with us, the way the calls and the harassment that we get, <laughs> no, we cannot accept. See, the way the caste system is connected to my family. Um, I, and um, Samit's sister-in-law started to try to explain but there really wasn't a thesis there she was like you just have to understand that for mom this is never going to fly because for mom it's like for it's about where she comes from it was like okay well can you elaborate like we're really trying to understand the situation well I think this is where it's like so frustrating where I do get where Jenny's saying that it's been so long like Sumit and her have tried every approach they've tried talking calmly to them together they tried waiting they tried connecting and having them get the approval and you know at one point and they brought the astrologer in he told them like let it go let him be it seemed like they were going to and then they were like okay we won't try to break you up but we won't accept the marriage like it's they've just tried so many approaches and I think it gets to the point that like yes if Sumit wants to continue to communicate with his family on his own obviously that's his choice it's his family it's his parents but am I going to be trying to kiss their ass and get their approval no. And should you be trying, like, Sumit's conversation with his parents shouldn't even be about his marriage anymore. Like, how are you doing? How's your health? Yeah, I'm back to work. I'm not retired anymore as a 30-something-year-old. <laughs> I am you know, I, did some common future classes. I like, at 30-something years old. <laughs> and that's it. And if they, don't, if they don't want to accept, then they don't need to be involved and know about his marriage. And that's it. And they'll have a limited role in his life. And that is their choice. But, like, he needs to put his foot down now at this point because he's not convincing them. It's like the sister-in-law said in a roundabout way, they are who they are. They are where they're from. 
And that's what they're going to be. <laughs> the sky is the air. The air is the land. <laughs> well, what was that? That one person gave us some weird poetry to explain. I don't even remember, but it was uh, um, Ji Hoon's uh, translator. Oh, <laughs> yes, translator. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I think it was last week you posed the question of like, from Jenny's perspective, when is enough enough? Right? Like, at what point does she put her foot down and say? No, your family does not respect me. They're not they're not allowed in my house. Like I need to set boundaries for my own health. But now I'm posing that question to submit. Like when is enough enough point? Do you just say, well, we're going to live our lives and I'm going to stop trying to talk to you about it. Like just like you said right now, he shouldn't even talk about the marriage. But I think I'm going a step further with like in his heart, he just needs to accept that it is what it is. And if his parents aren't going to talk to him, then that's on them. Yeah, because, you know, he I've seen people say like, well, Jenny needs to be understanding of his culture and family's everything and family approval. Yes, she should be aware of that. And I think she's been very aware of that. Like she's been through it, trying to get their acceptance. But at the same time, Sumit is a grown ass man and he made the choice to be with Jenny, who he knew his family would not approve of. And so that is the choice he made. And so if that causes uh, bridges to break and him to have to cut ties or have limited contact or whatever it is that is the choice you made when you decided to be with Jenny so either be with Jenny or break like if you truly want to be in your good graces of your parents they've clearly aligned what you need to do and that is divorce Jenny marry a younger Indian woman so do that that's the only those are your two options I feel like I'm watching a um, American Indian version of the Selena song Amor Prohibido, right? Like this is exactly what's happening. Just like all you said, I, I'm all for that. Submit. I hope you're listening to this podcast. All right. Well, let's take this over to other groups that are in process of trying to gain approval. Uh, Billy and the Goofballs via Angela and Michael. I just like Michael, I was shocked that. Angela agreed to not help out Billy after Michael put his foot down about disapproving of their friendship. Yeah, I was truly, truly shocked. And I don't know how Michael did it. I don't know what got through to Angela. Maybe her own just like overtly disrespectful and hypocritical behavior was like she finally had a moment of like, maybe he's right. <laughs> like, But <laughs> Who knows? Whatever it was, it was miraculous. I am glad she agreed because that would be very disrespectful and hurtful to Mike. I know she used to be like a caretaker, but girl, your presence up there in Canada is not going to save Billy. So you do not need to be, mm. you know, jeopardizing your relationship over it, especially when you have put so many limits on Michael. But again, speaking of bad meetings to set up, Michael, you just <laughs> got to win. You finally got your only win. And if you truly want to keep Angela, which I don't think, like, I'm glad, like, sabotage it, break up with her. But if you are trying to stay with this woman, why would you follow up this win by setting up a meeting with the goofballs, the group of people you know she hates? Girl. Told you not to hang out with? Like, like these people had the final stamp of disapproval <laughs> from Angela. I think he was just really feeling himself, feeling high, feeling like, you know, he what's the term we're looking for? Like the balls in his court, like he's got the upper hand. And 
I think he forgot who he's he's dealing with. This is Mima. Like you're bringing in the goofballs. She's about to go to Canada to be Billy in retaliation. I mean, worse. I mean, who knows what she will do? We know that the goofballs do not hold back, which I love them for. Like mm-hmm. call Angela's yes. ass out. And maybe that's what Michael's looking for. Maybe because he can't fully express all his different ways that Angela like actually, you know, disappoints him or upsets him. Then he like relies on the goofballs to be his mouthpiece. But again, if he truly is trying to have a just calm relationship with Angela, smooth sailing for the rest of her trip, this is such a bad choice. But again, I feel like there is sneaky producer Noel Ryan or some producer in the background (laughs) encouraging this because I don't know why any sane person would be like, well, now that we've made up, let's go hang out with my friends who hate you and who you hate. (laughs) The goofballs. I know. How dare Michael, the audacity to call one of them by their rightful name, Peter. No, they are the goofballs. And again, like Angela is like going to be like, you've still been talking to the goofballs? A group of men I forbade you to talk to, even though I have been having full on conversations where my crush calls me Angel and I'm planning to go see him behind your back. Like, but no, what you're doing is disrespectful. Like, Angela, girl. (laughs) I mean, Angel's, you already know, Angela has like the craziest arguments because we've heard her time and time again talk about she did X, Y, and Z because Michael drove her to that. And like, there's really no clear connection. Like it would not hold up in a court of law. In this week's episode, she, she did mention the hospice piece as the reasoning as to why she feels connected to Billy, which is, it's noble, but also like why him? And like, there are so many people in the world who have a terrible illness or a terminus, like get out of here with your ridiculousness. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't doubt that she cares for Billy and wants to help take care of him um, because he's going through, has medical issues. I totally believe that. But also you care for Billy because you want to get in those pants. You want to see the old stripper moves. You have a crush on the man. You like that he calls you angel and gives you attention. So, I mean, let's keep it real. That's why you're trying to travel up there. So you're saying she's trying to travel up there knowing that Billy doesn't love her, but she will wear him down? Or at least, I mean, just the attention that she gets of like, for someone that is like, I don't have a crush on Angela. She's just a good friend support. I don't know how many of my friends are like, hey, Angel. Hey, beautiful. Great moves. (laughs) I care for you so much. I I love you, too. I can't wait. Like, come on now. Which one of your male friends is doing that to you? God, no, that'd be gross. No one. (laughs) No one is doing that. Well, let's move this over to another crazy friend. the friend who <laughs> encouraged Shida to stop using birth control was the same friend who felt betrayed and blindsided by Bilal being the one to take birth control and not own up to it <laughs> during their conversation. Like, the nerve. <laughs> I know, and it's like, it's not like Bilal's been secretly snipped, which, we, I mean, he might have been, we don't know. But for all we or know... secretly from- rolling condoms on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like... What all Shida said is like, oh, he is the, I don't take birth control. He wears condoms, which obviously Shida is aware of because she has eyes and she is there when they are hooking up. And her friend is like, wow, wow. Bilal did not mention putting condoms on in our conversation. I'm like, who do you think you are? Why would Bilal bring that up? Um, Moment though, when 
they mentioned condoms, but male contraception. I was like, what? Did that pass? Like, <laughs> I thought we were still in sandbox, hadn't gotten FDA approval. And then I was like, oh, they're talking about like condoms, <laughs> not yes. like oral contraceptives. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was, I'm like, who is this messy ass friend that's coming through like child? I have all the lessons. I have all the answers. Just follow me and you're going to have everything you want in this life. I mean, it's it's frustrating because she is right about Bilal in the sense that like he's a gaslighter. He doesn't, you know, he belittles. Oh, yeah. And talks down to a Shida and the fact that like he needs to like make a decision or Shida needs to move on if this is that important. She's right on all those things. But all these other ways that she approaches it, I'm like, are you nuts, lady? Like who? Again, if my <laughs> man was talking to my friend, I don't expect him to be like, Oh, yeah. So uh, first I take out the lube um, and then I try to set the mood with a little bit of weekend. Like, no, he's not going to be talking about like I put on a condom and then we do like that is not your business, girl, at all. <laughs> you heard of Barry Manilow? <laughs> really gets me going. Um, I know. I honestly I was so so I OK. I just talked shit about this friend. Yes. And you helped me to see that she does have some positives. Another positive is that I think she did help hype up Shida to finally be firm in the way that we haven't seen her be before when she was like, listen, helicopter ride and all that, but like, you're not giving me what I actually want. And that's a baby. I was just like, okay, where has this Shida been? Yes. And again, Bilal is such an asshole because all he really had to say was give me an ultimatum. And then, wow way to ruin a beautiful moment and it's like Bilal first of all she's told you this ultimatum from the beginning that's why it was in the prenuptial she mentioned it over and over that having a Mm -hmm. child is a deal breaker for her and so she needs it in writing she needs you to talk about she needs you to confirm all she wants now is you to give an actual timeline now that she's had medical tests that tell her that it might be more difficult for her um, and her fertility to get pregnant. Now she just wants to know, is it three months, six months? Are you trying to make me wait four years, Mm -hmm. five years? Because if it's more than a year, I might need to make a decision to be out. And instead he has to be like, wow, wow. I wish some of this would have been brought up before instead of me being blindsided after this beautiful helicopter trip that I splurged. I'm like, what? She's been saying this, man. You've just been avoiding it mm-hmm yeah and no and that was completely fucked up like she finally got firm and he's gonna make he's gonna be a little again like you ruined a romantic moment like when he tried to accuse her of ruining a romantic moment um when they were in atlanta and i forgot he was the one that was like well listen now that we're up here in heights let me tell you about this prenup yeah but yeah he's he's over here like what do you want me to do you want me to like set a date throw out a date december 11th and and two things to that one yeah, set yeah. A, a timeline. Like you already did that in the prenup. You said that by this year. Well, all she wants is to to bring that date up. And the second thing is, hey man, you threw out December 11th, and I'm just gonna say, based on today's recording, the time is upon us. So get to work. I mean, I don't think he wants to get to work. And again, I'm not saying he needs to concede to her demand. If you do not want to have another child, or you don't want to have another child in the next year or two years, that's completely mm. fine. You should not. That's such a major life choice. He shouldn't just willy nilly just like be like, okay, Shida wants this. I don't, but I'm going to say yes. So, but just be honest then to be like, no, Shida, Mm -hmm. I don't want a kid anytime soon. The quickest I would be willing to even try 
would be in three four, three years when you're 30, 40. And then Shida can make a choice if that's like, no, that's too long for mm-hmm. me or that's too much of a gamble. Then she could pack up and leave if she wants to. And if she doesn't, then again, she has made a choice and she can't be mad yeah. if she gets to 40 and they're just starting to try. Yeah. And like, maybe there are some people out there that are just naturally team, team Bilal who are listening and they're saying like, well, that is the timeline they originally agreed upon. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like the reality is circumstances have changed. They've gone to the fertility doctor. Fertility doctor is saying if you do wait that long, like your odds are going to be slim to none. So it, it really changes the situation. And to your point, like Bilal is doing everything but being firm himself and like I don't want this baby you know if that if he really doesn't want it which we all believe is the case he needs to just say that he's over here in his way or in his terms his words loving and romancing her right all these gestures which I'm sure are true but they're also gestures to try to distract and pacify her exactly it's like the this is all great and but this is also just stuff that happens in a relationship you should be doing stuff that like if you have the opportunity to make something on your wife's bucket list you know happen and you have the ability and you're in the location then fucking do it and it shouldn't that shouldn't be like oh you deserve a parade for that that's like what couples should be doing for each other but they should also be like respecting each other listening to each other on matters that are so important and addressing it with honesty instead of just being like well, we'll see what happens, or we'll talk about another day. Well, you know, we'll in a few years, or doctor said we had a slim chance, so let's just wait. Like, no, she's asking you for an, a, a realistic timeline. Give her that, or tell her it's not happening. That's it. His original argument was like, we need to see, we need to get our relationship together, like the foundational pieces, which is true. Thank you. That's like the same thing to do. Obviously, we know that was a cop out, but if like that is the argument that he's moving forward with and I'd be like well it seems like Shida's got a lot of things going for her and add great helicopter impersonation to her resume because that was impressive was it <laughs> but was it not no I, I think was that... like wow she's really <laughs> see I if can't I even was do it <laughs> would have been like because of that terrible impression now I've added another year of waiting I don't know if I'm ready to have a child with you you call that imaginative play <laughs> <laughs> I am okay, further well, turned off um it's postponed no appreciation ring for Bilal, that's for sure. But who gets your appreciation ring this week? My appreciation ring, oh, who is it going to go for? I'm going to give it to Jamal because Jamal. Damn it. <laughs> Were you you took mine. It? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was trying to think of like a bullshit one. Um, and well, I guess my uh, my fake appreciation ring would just be to Ed and his newfound uh, love of design and <laughs> I really do want to see like can we get Ed on like a house hunters or some kind of just just a single one-off episode where he like tours homes and tell us about it and he's like oh yeah this is this colonial aesthetic I'm all about this these <laughs> this granite right here this like farmhouse sink this is so me and then as we're hearing that I just want visuals of his house being just like shown so they could be like this is how Ed actually decorates his home. Just so it's just so we know. God, I could see him pulling a whole like I've been subscribing to Architectural Digest since I was 13. Yeah, that's what I read on the shitter. <sighs> so it would be appropriate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my appreciation is going to go to Jamal, just like I mentioned. Um, 
Because, you know, the poor man's doing the most. He's in Nigeria. He, like, all lulls aside, he's really there because he cares that much about his mom that he wants to make sure she's in a good place. We've seen other kids who are concerned about their parents. And maybe they don't have the means to travel, but it's like the most they do is just talk shit about their relationship instead of really trying to protect their parents. Absolutely. I think Jamal seems like a wonderful, supportive son. And obviously, that not only is that a great... Uh, showing of Jamal's character. It just shows that Kimberly did a great job raising him. So shout out to her too. Well, don't say that because then <laughs> Uzma's going to be like, see, look at this wonderful specimen. We could do the same thing for Mahadi if you just let us take him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, how are you enjoying your coffee? How is your drive here? Can we have your son? Kimberly's a great mom. <laughs> Here's Jamal, this strong, intelligent black man. Uh, as you can see, she did a great job. Will you give us your son? Thank you. Oh, my God. OK, well, I'm looking forward to the next episode because I really hope they have the that meeting. You know how they all got like one couple. They better not leave out Kim and Usman next week. Oh, no, they were in the preview. So I really, really hope. And in the preview, uh, Usman's brother was like, what? Huh? Like, what was that? <laughs> so I'm looking forward. To all right. Me too. Me too. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in another week and be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app and, you know, lots of words of praise and love. Any words of praise and love, please. Any the words. holiday season. <laughs> do, do something. We need it. <laughs> we need it, please. We beg you. But no, seriously, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you if you do take the time to review or hit those five stars and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bitchy. Oh. Bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Bored and bitchy. <laughs>